Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Front Row Knowles Seminole Sunday. And a big thanks to Kush's Bayou Rouge, who allows us to bring this program your way commercial-free. In business over 16 years here in Tallahassee, tabbed best of Tallahassee by Tallahassee Magazine four straight years, Tommy, and six out of the last seven. And i got to set the record straight here. So I married into uh, somebody from New Orleans. Outkicked my coverage, as many of us did. It's not about temperature. Is that where you're going? It, it is, because I think there's a, a misnomer out there that Cajun food means it's hot, and it doesn't. What it means is it's flavorful, and it's doggone good. And trust me, I spent a lot of time, because of said wife, Laura, who is from New Orleans, uh, at Kusha's Bayou Rouge. So I encourage you guys to do the same, and uh, they're open seven days a week, have breakfast uh, Wednesday through Sunday. I get there often with my son, Garrett. You should go as well. Make it a Sunday staple. That's what the uh, FSU football coaching staff has done. Matter of fact, Kusha's caters for the coaching staff uh, every Sunday during this football season. They break down the tape and get set for uh, the next opponent. So, again, thanks to Kusha's. They are on Thomasville Road on the west side just past Cary Forest. Now, with that said, here's Front Row Knowles. Seminole Sunday. Broadcasting from the Prime Meridian Bank Studios in the capital city of Tallahassee, this is Front Row Knowles, Seminole Sunday with Tom Block and Keith Jones. Brought to you by Cornerstone Tool and Fastener. Online at ctf.nu. Now, here's Tom and Keith. Hello, everybody. We welcome you to Front Row Knowles, Seminole Sunday. Tom Block, Keith Jones, Florida State, on the road at Clemson yesterday. Tigers win 31-14. Interesting game. If I just told you the score, you'd probably say that's about what you expected. Clemson's the better football team. What made it interesting is that Florida State had the ball on the Clemson side of the field, Keith, trailing 17-14 with about six minutes to go in the ballgame. Story of two halves, Tommy. FSU basically stunk it up offensively in the first half. Uh, made some great halftime adjustments and uh, came out and controlled the ball the majority of the third and most of the fourth quarter. And then freshman mistakes, uh, areas that, uh, you know, you know, in the back of your mind can happen and credit Clemson for taking advantage of them. Uh, that's probably a 17-14, 24-14 uh, ball game at best. Uh, but give uh, give the Tigers credit. They scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter to make uh, the margin what it was. The freshman mistake, obviously, is the throw by Blackman. We'll get to a segment on the offense. But when you look at it, Keith, uh, similar in a lot of ways to a lot of games this year, not in that it, it came down to the last possession because clearly this one didn't, though it was a game in the fourth quarter, uh, similar because, and uh, Jimbo calls it inches, people are tired of hearing it, but it is little things here and there. And in the case of yesterday, there were three long passes that were off fingertips and, and really balls that should have been caught. Uh, and two of them at least, maybe all three in the first half, have to go back and look at the uh, at the drive chart. But, uh, yeah, exactly. And what was interesting, too, was three different receivers. Uh, so it was a collective uh, almost uh, by that union uh, unit. But uh, Blackman really struggled in the first half, was just 3 of 11. Florida State totaled just 46 yards of offense in the first 30 minutes. And we went into halftime just down 14 to nothing. You felt kind of good from the score standpoint, uh, but you were worried about a production standpoint because FSU had not done anything offensively. Uh, but again, repeating myself, halftime adjustments were good. Uh, Knowles came out, put together uh, some successful drives, particularly in the third quarter, and worked their way right back into the ballgame. What could have been a disaster, uh, I give I give FSU coaches and, and the kids uh, credit for kind of finding themselves in that third quarter and making and coming back and making it a ball game. They actually started the game pretty well too. Forced a Clemson punt. A couple of possessions went by each way, and then the field got flipped. And then you had the the first turnover, which was 
you know, it might have been Blackman's fault that he needed to release the ball, but I don't think you can expect him to hold on to it when he gets clocked like he did. But he should have got the ball out earlier on that play. Short field, and it led to the first touchdown for Clemson. It did, and and to be fair, FSU got a little bit lucky in their own right in that first half uh, when Clemson turned the ball over going in for a score. So, um, you know, the the golf gods, uh, excuse me, the football gods were out there kind of in even even space. Uh, But again, going into halftime, I, I felt comfortable. I wasn't happy, but I was comfortable. Well, and the team did come out, and yeah, it was, you know, I don't know how much of it was schematic, so much of uh, as it was just put a hat on a hat and go play some football in that second half. Well, and the other thing you saw in the second half, and the first time we've seen it, we saw it some uh, in the Syracuse ball game, but for the second half, first time, and you were down there, first time it looked like the sideline, the bench was, was in the ball game. Uh, there was some excitement down there. There was some enthusiasm. There was kids playing with a lot of effort. Uh, I thought uh, Naughty and Christmas had a great ball game up the middle. Derwin James had double-digit tackles uh, when everything was said and done, and, and and I really felt good about the effort. I wish we could take those last two scores away because uh, I think seven again repeating myself seventeen fourteen would have been what I would say the score should be. And if you're um, you know three and five going into a ball game against the number four team in the country at their place and you lose by three you'd be happy with that well as you look at the way the college football playoff is shaping up you're going to have Alabama who held on to win who's going to be number one you're going to have Miami move into the top four spots you're going to have Clemson in the top four spots and Florida State has played and lost to all three of those teams but uh, it's not as if they've been blown out in all those games against Alabama special teams was the issue Uh, against Miami obviously they gave up a touchdown pass late and against Clemson you could point to four or five different things here or there and we'll get to some of those but uh, it's not as if they're 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 completely outmanned against those teams yet it is what it is in Florida State's three and six and having to win and needing to win the next three ball games to uh, continue the bowl streak and to continue the consecutive seasons of winning records, uh, or at least not losing records. Yeah, there's there's still a lot out there. Um, and I liked, again, repeating myself, I liked the way the kids uh, gave effort. Uh, you could point to several areas, as you mentioned, uh, where it could have been turning points. Uh, but they certainly didn't fold the tents. They certainly, they certainly wasn't a Boston College performance. Uh, and I think they uh, comported themselves well on national TV. Let's listen into what Jimbo Fisher had to say after the game. This is Coach Fisher, who now has a record of four and four against Clemson, as the Tigers have won the last three uh, and and are headed to the ACC championship game. This this is courtesy of Seminoles.com. Uh, credit to Clemson, played a great game, uh, it was a heck of a college football game. Uh, five minutes to go, we we're right there to have a chance, and you know just uh, let it slip away from us and give them credit. They made the plays they had to do to win the game. Uh, it was a great atmosphere. Our kids are. Uh, we're learning, that's for sure. Hope we can continue to grow from this. And uh, but they competed very hard, played very hard, made a heck of a run to come back and have a chance to be in it. And then again, just got to relax and make the play when we have to. But we had some opportunities in the game earlier. Some different things, whether it was offense, defense, special teams, we just can't seem to make that play when we need to make it. Whether it was pick up a fumble, drop a post, overthrow a couple balls, and we had big plays and got to relax and make those plays. But. The heart, the soul, the drive is in those kids. We just got to keep uh, get them to make it at the right time. But uh, again, Clemson did a nice job in the game. They got a very good football team. Uh, obviously, the way they're playing, and uh, you know we got to learn to make those plays in that game to give us a chance to uh, be successful, especially on the road in a great environment here at here at Clemson. But uh, we'll keep fighting. We got three more games. We're gonna play our tails off for three more weeks and uh, finish this season out the right way. So that's Jimbo Fisher. Obviously disappointed. Some of that. 
similar things to what you've heard throughout the season. Uh, and there's a reason for that. I mean, it's been a similar script. It's a team that plays well at times, has not played well situationally, and has had trouble getting over the hump. You know, and, and you talk about situational, most of the, the uh, uh, criticism, rightfully so, on third down, both offensively and defensively. Seminoles were just two of eight uh, offensively in the first half. Clemson was uh, six of nine, though the defense played much better than that would represent in the first 30 minutes. And I thought Kelly's unit uh, played very well for the majority of the game. They created some turnovers. They got some stops. Uh, but as we've said all along, we were just uh, this play away, that play away. There, there are excuses. There's no question. Uh, but there's some justifiable reasons there as well. Uh, but the effort was there. Uh, and again, the, the changes that were made at halftime were effective. And uh, those that watched the ball game, those that understand football, know that uh, the outcome was not representative of how close the ball game was. Yeah, I don't know if we're at the point where you take a moral victory. I mean, it's a loss. You move on, and you i mean, you have to win all three. The reality is when uh, the Louisiana-Monroe game got rescheduled this past week, we probably looked at the schedule and, and, and knew that uh, winning at Clemson was going to be tough, and you'd be in this situation that Florida State's in. Uh, exactly. Uh, you know, and although uh, I remember sitting up there in the, in the box, you were down on the sidelines when it was 17-14, and that ball hit the ground, and Florida State recovered it, and I'm going, what, 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 what if? Uh, it wasn't meant to be, but there was, uh, I think you coined it best, there was about 60 seconds when the uh, combined look of uh, exasperation on 81,000 uh, people in the stands was, oh, no, what's happening? Yeah. There was a panicked look for sure on the on the look of the Clemson faithful. And then it got as loud as the stadium was all day when Blackman threw that interception. All right, we'll talk about that. We'll break down the offense. Obviously, some key mistakes there. Defense played pretty well. Had one big mistake. Uh, ultimately, I suppose you could say it didn't cost them, but that was when they uh, didn't fall on a loose ball. And then they had to work with uh, short fields, so we'll, we'll discuss that as well. Before we do that, though, I'll remind you to uh, head on out to Kusha's Bayou Rouge. Uh, enjoy a beverage, enjoy brunch, enjoy a meal, whatever it is that uh, floats your boat, so to speak. They've got great food for you. They've been a sponsor of this program all season long, and so we thank you, uh, thank them for their support. They are located on Thomasville Road, just past Cary Forest on the left-hand side, opening soon in College Town. We'll take a break, come back, talk some more. You want to go defense or offense first, KJ? Uh, let's go offense uh, because the first part of the discussion will be bad and the second part will be good. KJ says offense is coming up next, so offense is coming up next when we roll on on Front Row Knowles, Seminole Sunday. Front Row Knowles, Seminole Sunday is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Now, back to Tom and Keith. Clemson wins over Florida State 31-14 to the final, a little bit misleading in that it was uh, 27, uh, I beg your pardon, 17-14 to 14 midway through the fourth quarter. You said you wanted to talk offense. Are we starting at the end or the beginning for the offense? Well, we need to talk at the beginning because uh, Florida State came out, their first drive got a, a little bit down the field, and then the rest of, of that 30 minutes, uh, you can throw the tape away. Just did not perform well. We're not able to run the ball effectively. The biggest reason was that uh, the field position. Uh, Florida State took over the ball, uh, backed up almost every drive in that first 30 minutes, and uh, Jimbo was appropriately playing a little bit close to the vest. And and candidly, they took some shots downfield. We talked in pregame 
that the, the if there was a weakness in this Clemson defense, it might be might be in their secondary. They were out one of their corners, uh, and they had a propensity to maybe give up some plays. And we saw FSU try some shots down the field, and and just just miss them. There were a couple of drops, a couple of overthrows. Uh, they just couldn't get anything to click. I wonder. I just wonder how big that first thirty minutes, how different it would be if just one of those uh, completions had happened. Uh, Blackman finished the first thirty minutes one of seven. Excuse me, three of eleven. He was one of seven until that last drive. Three of eleven in the first half, and 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 if they'd been able to convert a couple of passes, I just wonder how different that offense would have felt about themselves going into halftime. The one that got away in the first half was uh, it probably would have been a forty to fifty yarder to Keith Gavin. Uh, hit his hands, uh, a ball that uh, I don't know if I'll say he should have caught it, but he certainly could have caught it. That's one that got away. Now the two first downs that Florida State converted. We've seen Jimbo do this a little bit of late. I did like the wrinkle in that they went tempo after the second down play, and they caught Clemson both those times with a quick snap. Clemson wasn't lined up for all the talk about tempo, and Florida State converted on those two first downs. They really did, and and, and that, that was very creative, uh, well-prepared, and well-executed uh, by Florida State offensively. I guess the biggest thing, Tommy, that we, we haven't talked about yet, and, and it, it is just so hard, it is so hard, to run the ball against Clemson. But you're coming off Cam Akers with a 199-yard performance against Syracuse. you got Jacquez Patrick back. At least somewhere in the back of your mind, you're wondering, maybe, just maybe, if we can get the running game going, uh, then we can take a little bit of pressure off of Blackman. We can make the play action a little more effective. Uh, but that just wasn't the case. Clemson, particularly in the first 30 minutes, proved why their defense is so tough against the run. You know, FSU finished that first half with 15 rushes for 23 yards. Obviously, that's not going to win you ball games. Uh, give credit to Florida State for attempting it, but uh, it just wasn't meant to be. And again, at halftime, you saw some adjustments made and Florida State going to the air a lot more. Well, and what happened uh, in the first half is Florida State went three straight possessions where they were third and long. Now, the first one might have been third and four. That was the sack fumble. Then the next third down was like third and eight, and it was a sack. And the next one after that was the ball coming out of the end zone that was a fumble that Eberly picked up and recovered. So, I mean, Florida State, was that's not where you want to be against Clemson third and long. And the key part of that is where Florida State started. They were so backed up, and that, that was a very fortunate play when the ball hit the ground that Eberly picked up. Uh, Clemson with four sacks in the first half. I thought a couple of those, maybe even three of them, you would say uh, to the naked eye without actually looking at the tape, were balls that Blackman held a little bit uh, too long. Uh, but the thing that I think was disappointing in the first half is Clemson appeared to be getting that pressure by rushing just four. Uh, they blitzed a little bit. They blitzed more in the second half, and it created problems. But the first 30 minutes, they were getting pressure with their front four. So you're getting pressure, you're getting sacks, and you're not able to run the ball. That's a pretty uh, dismal uh, scenario for a first half of stats, and, and that's exactly what the Florida State ended up with. So let's talk about the second half then. You said it would start out bad, and then it would get a little bit better, which it will here. First drive of the second half with Florida State having won the toss, getting the ball. They move the ball down the field. They get uh, help with a penalty to convert a first down. Nooney Murray makes a couple catches. They get to a fourth down and two. And uh, they opt to throw, but it wasn't a short throw, i.e. to pick up the first down. It was to a wide-open Auden Tate, and the, the, it literally just missed. And, and you, can, you can question the throw, and I'd be interested uh, to be able to sit down and let Jimbo run it on the tape and diagram it for us because there's, there's two thoughts on that. Number one, he's so open. Drill the thing. 
you know, throw it short if you have to, but make sure you drill it in there where you can get to it. The other part of it, he's so open, lay it out nice where he can gently run underneath it. He catches it, makes a 45 or 50 degree turn to the right, he scores. Uh, Blackman didn't do either one of them. He laid it out a little too far. I do think Auden could have caught that ball, but we got to remember, particularly with Auden and Gavin, they're, they're not getting, we're not there, but we know they're not getting a lot of practice time. They're both banged up. Uh, Tate uh, has got a shoulder and a, and a, and a foot problem. Uh, Gavin has missed some time. Uh, they're not getting big reps in practice. Jimbo doesn't talk about it. The press isn't there, but we, can, we just know. They're not getting a lot of playing time, excuse me, practice time. And, and when you, it's like we've talked about in golf, what's the first thing that leaves when you don't play, and that's your short game, the first thing that leaves a receiver when he's not getting reps during, uh, during practice is the hands. And uh, just a little bit out of his reach. It would have been a big catch if he'd been able to make it, and who knows how big it could have been in, in the grand scheme of the ball game. As it turned out, Florida State held Clemson. The next drive, they go down the field. They hit a big post pattern to Nooney, and then Jacquez Patrick scores right after that. It sets up uh, what FSU fans have been waiting for for a while, a little creativity, a Jimbo Fisher trick play on the double reverse flea flicker to Ryan Izzo, who showed some speed, 60 yards to the house. Uh, it was amazing. I was sitting up, uh, as I said earlier, up in the in the box, and you're kind of computing wherever all the angles are. And when I saw him catch it, I went, great, that's going to be a big play for a big first down. And by golly, he got in the end zone, 60-yard strike. Uh, again, the flea flicker, uh, if you go back and look at the tape, they didn't execute that real well. Uh, they were kind of throwing the ball back and forth to each other like the Harlem Globetrotters do during warm-up uh, in terms of uh, the double reverse and then back to uh, back to Blackman. But the result of the play, great effort. I believe it was Alden Tate down there trying to kind of screen off a little bit. How about Izzo with the wheels? Didn't know the big guy could move like that, and uh, Florida State gets on the board. Had a chance to talk to Ryan Izzo after the game. Obviously, it was a very disappointed Florida State locker room, uh, although at that point in the game it was as elated as I've seen the Seminole sideline Probably since Tate caught the go-ahead touchdown late in the game against Miami or maybe uh, in the first half against Alabama. But here's that conversation with Ryan Izzo. That that play, obviously, as I just told Brian, I mean, I saw as much life on the Florida State sideline as maybe I've seen all year after you got into the end zone. So, uh, you know, tell me when you uh, when you guys started working on that play, the double reverse, and then they, they hit you with the pass. Yeah, I mean, we just working on it. Um, you know, we watched film thought the play could work uh coaches drove a great scheme and uh, we were able to execute it you showed a little speed there that was a corner you outrun in the end zone yeah everybody was making fun of me so that's the first move i've made since i've been here so i mean i was just happy to make a play it's just you know it's tough we're just you know, not getting those inches we need to you know end up with a win but i mean clumps is a great team and they're gonna have a you know great rest of the season so i believe they're a really great team yeah, you mentioned the inches. I know when you go back and look at the tape, there's there's three long balls I can think of, one to Gavin, one to Tate on fourth down, and one that Nooney just missed. I mean, th- those are the plays. That's three separate drives. But uh, if, if any of those balls is complete, you know, maybe it's a different outcome. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, the routine balls, uh, I mean, you know, we got pressure on J-Bag. J-Bag, you know, made those throws all week. Um, I mean, it's just timing and... You know, it's just hard to, you know, kind of miss by, you know, just that much. I feel like we've, you know, just come up short inches-wise to Clemson in the past couple of years. But, I mean, it's just tough. We just got to go back to work on Monday. 
what was the difference for the offense in the second half? Uh, you know, you come in the locker room, you're 17 zip down, but uh, there was still a lot of life in here in the locker room, and you guys went out, moved the ball the first drive, and, uh, you know, turned it over on downs, but then got a touchdown and got going. Yeah, our team never quits. You know, that's a tribute to all the leaders on the team. They got ever to be pumped up for the you know, second half. Uh, coaches make great adjustments. You know, we just came out, you know, really excited to play the second half. It just sucks we couldn't get the win. Ryan, I'll let you get going. I appreciate a few moments, and uh, we'll see you next week. All right, thanks. So that made it 17-14. I forget the exact sequence, but, boy, they missed one to Nooney Murray, who was free down the Florida State sideline. He said after the game he lost the ball in the lights, which is why he slowed up a little bit, uh, really took the blame on that one. But he was he laid out for it, clearly didn't catch it. But, I mean, that was a walk-in touchdown if that uh, throw and catch is executed. And, again, you know, Monday morning quarterbacks, or in our case Sunday, quarterbacks you, you go to blackman you know if he if he just zipped it in there he was so wide open you could throw a back shoulder almost and just let him catch the ball and get the yardage or lay it out there nice and soft uh but uh it appeared that uh, mooney did slow up again comments after the game he said he, he lost it for a little bit in the lights and didn't know exactly where it was but there was another opportunity where florida state with a big strike capability was there and they just didn't convert and again we said at halftime man or at the beginning of the game I'd like to see FSU, you know, test that defense, test those defensive backs six, eight, maybe even ten times. FSU did that, and if only they'd come up with one or two other catches, outcome could have been very different. All right, so the big question that a lot of people will talk about, Keith, after the turnover, Florida State recovers it. Brian Burns gets the fumble. There's somewhere between five and six minutes to go in the game. Clemson side of the field, Florida State trailing 17-14. And they opt to pen. Now you're in a situation, and, and so the question is, do you consider running it, which they hadn't run very well? Should you throw it shorter? It was just a mistake by Blackman. He stared down his receiver, and it was an easy pick for Clemson that took away Florida State's chance. And from there, the, the, air, the wind just went out of the sails. Well, and, and Coach Fisher commented to you after the game that you know, he felt like uh, James was just trying to make a play. Uh, it was unfortunate because it was a very common read. They were in, you know, the old Tampa two, too deep, and and the receiver was working a deep pattern across the middle, and he had the onside safety beat. Uh, if the backside safety doesn't cut across and make the interception, uh, the ball was thrown a little bit low. I don't know if it actually would have gotten to the receiver. Don't know if it had been completion, but you see what Blackman was looking at, and he just didn't see the safety on the backside. That's another freshman mistake. He probably won't make that mistake in another year after he's thrown it a few more times. Back to your question. It's early in that series. You've just gotten the big turnover. You've got momentum. I like the call to try to go downfield. I don't have a problem with that because you've not had a lot of success running the ball. I think, though, one of the things I might have looked at a little differently, and they did do a little bit of this in the fourth quarter, is we really didn't go to the screen pass very much with Akers or with Patrick couple times late that might have been a time when uh, some you know a little screen over the middle a little screen to the outside might have been a better call but again we're Sunday morning quarterbacking on that freshman made his mistake Clemson made a play and uh, bang bang momentum goes from one way to the other the end result uh, gets out of hand from there on out Clemson goes down and scores take the lead they tack on one late they win it 31 to 14 we'll step aside come back talk about the defensive performance which was a pretty good one against a very good clemson football team that's when we continue on front row Knowles seminal sunday broadcasting from the prime meridian bank studios in the capital city of tallahassee this is front row Knowles seminal sunday with tom block and keith jones brought to you by cornerstone tool and fastener online at ctf.nu now here's tom and keith 
back on Front Row Knoll Seminole Sunday. Tom and Keith with you. Let's uh, flip the script, talk defense here uh, a little bit, Keith. First, you know, when you look at this, Clemson scored four touchdowns in this game. Uh, the last one uh, mattered not, except for people that uh, wager on games because it affected the over and the point spread there. But uh, at that point, I think, uh, you know, the, the emotion and the energy was out of it. But all four touchdown drives to get to the point, Clemson started on FSU's side of the 50. The first two, the very first one of the game, after the Blackman fumble, they recovered on the 20. It was a 20-yard drive. The second one was after a long punt return. It was either a 27 or a 28-yard drive. And then in the second half, uh, you know, Clemson got it after the pick, scored a touchdown, and then after Florida State turned it over on downs and scored a touchdown. So I'm going a long way to say that the defense was pretty good. Now, the third downs were were a problem, a little bit different than last week. But all in all, you got to take your hat off. It was good defensive effort. And I agree. Uh, to be specific, the third and fourth uh, touchdown drives were 44 yards and 28 yards, uh, respectfully. Uh, FSU ended up giving up 378 yards on the ball game, but that was on 82 plays. Uh, I think the one thing that uh, Coach Kelly would tell you he was disappointed in was the ability to control uh, Kelly Bryant rushing the football. Bryant ended up with 60 yards in the ball game, but uh, that was on 19 carries, and when you, that also included some sack yardage. There were just some key times in there when he broke out. And, and I wasn't down on the field before the ball game, but we forget that, that Bryant's about 6'3", about 220, 225, but he's very, very fast. You know, we think of Lamar Jackson, and, and we understand what he can do as the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. We forget about what, what Kelly Bryant can do, and, and he really hurt Florida State in some key times in that second half running the football. But the bottom line was short field. And the defense wasn't able to come up with uh, some stops, uh, you know, in that short field situation. But they did create some turnovers. They did create some third and outs. Uh, they did allow Florida State to take in this ball game. And again, with six minutes to go, it's 17-14, and Florida State has the ball in uh, Clemson territory. Throw the pick, and things unravel. One more point on Kelly Bryant. I thought, you know, we've had a lot of talk this year about Florida State not forcing the action, i.e. not being aggressive enough, not blitzing. Well, one of the reasons they've been afraid to blitz is when you have a mobile quarterback, if he finds the hole, he can run. Well, Florida State got burned a couple times with him finding a hole up the middle on long scrambles when they had sent blitzers. Uh, and so, I mean, that, that's what you say about the blitz. You know, you're either you're either going to get him or you're going to get got, as they say, and, and that happened a couple times. And, and I think that caused Florida State to be a little more cautious uh, in what they called in the second half, appropriately so. Uh, but, again, you got to give Clemson credit. Uh, they're the number four team in the country. Uh, Kelly Bryant is replacing an outstanding quarterback in Deshaun Watson. He's not the same type of quarterback that Watson is, but he can really hurt you with his feet, and he proved that. And FSU had to adjust their game plan just a little bit because of it. The one real egregious mistake, well, there's, first of all, in terms of third downs, Clemson was 8 of 15, I think. There were a couple that were uh, converted by penalty. Um, but the longest drive that Clemson had uh, uh, in the game is one where Brian Burns forced a fumble and Florida State recovered. What I was going to say was the egregious mistake was just before halftime, Brian Burns forces another fumble, and Matthew Thomas and others, instead of falling on the football, try to pay, pick it up and make what I'll term a hero play. Hart's in the right place. Clemson winds up getting a field goal. Ultimately, that probably doesn't matter, but when the game was 17-14 and Florida State got the ball back, guess what? That would have been a 14-14 game at that point. Well, more, more importantly, Tommy, that's a four-point swing if you keep it because you keep seven off of uh, – three off of the board, and, and maybe you get points off of it if you do return it. 
Uh, obviously, Matthew Thomas had this uh, scoop and score two or three ball games ago. Uh, it was just it was just a mistake. You've you've just got to have a sense and a feel for what's going on in the contest. And yeah, it would have been great if he could have picked that up. And with his speed, he might might have been able to score from 90 or 95, however far it was. But more importantly, it's controlling that football. That football is the most important thing. He bent down to pick it up fumbled it a little bit, fumbled around, ended up kicking it, and Clemson ended up recovering and getting the, getting the, uh, the field goal out of it. Which made it 17 nothing at intermission. I mentioned Brian Burns' name a couple times. Uh, he also is the one who recovered the fumble late in the game when it was 17-14 preceding the, the Blackman interception. He tack on four or five tackles for loss. I'm not looking at the final numbers. Uh, one or two sacks. I mean, uh, I think some ACC Player of the Week honors might be in store for Brian Burns because that's as good a game as he's had this year. He played with a lot of emotion. Uh, he played with a lot of intensity. Uh, he made some smart plays. He had a sack on the first uh, series of the ball game, uh, which forced a, a three and out on Clemson's first possession. Uh, he played with a lot of intensity. I was pleased, very pleased with what uh, Burns was able to do. I had a chance to talk to Brian uh, after the game. Obviously, uh, again, a very quiet, uh, disappointed Florida State locker room, but here's that conversation with Brian Burns. Brian, I know you're obviously there's a lot of disappointment in this locker room, but l- let's go back and, and just talk about the challenge, first of all, of uh, defending Kelly Bryant. You were able to get into the backfield. I think you had four or five tackles for loss, maybe a couple sacks yourself. Uh, what, what were the keys? How were you able to have success against what they do offensively? Um... I watched. Well, I, I, I keyed in on the tape, so I kind of knew every a lot of a lot of the things they were going to do when they were going to do it by the ball placement and um, by some of the offensive line stance. So I knew whenever they're probably going to pass it or run it. But I mean, yeah, he's a great athlete, and um, yeah, it's pretty challenging to get him on the ground. But um, I just had to do whatever to help the team. They got a couple touchdowns late, but this was anybody's ball game midway through the fourth quarter. You guys defensively had to defend a short field, which is not uncommon. You've had to do that a lot this season. But, I mean, if you look at the first half, I think after a fumble they took over the 20, and after a long punt return, maybe the 27. How tough is that to get out there when you've got that little field to work with? I mean, it's extremely tough. Any defense, anybody would know that. But um, you just got, you can't let them get in. I mean, that's what defense is for. we got to stop them from getting in the, uh, in his, in the end zone, no matter where the, where the ball is placed. On the one, on the opposite one, it doesn't matter. We just got to stop them. Well, and you guys were able to do that, and you had a hand right in that. You knocked uh, two balls loose in the red zone there. One you guys got, one you didn't, but uh, that kept the score manageable until you get the offense got going. Yes, yeah, I did, but um, once again, things just don't fold our way, and uh, we let this one slip again. Final question for you. Obviously, uh, you know, it gets cut to 17-14. There's as much life as I've seen on the sideline this year after that touchdown by Izzo. Uh, I'm, I'm not positive, but I think you're the one who got that fumble recovery when the ball came out. Just walk us through that play as, uh, you know, you forced one more turnover. Um, I came off the edge. Uh, the tackle gave me a hand. He didn't really block me, so I came off the edge. Sweat forced the fumble, and uh, it was in midair, and I just jumped on it. And uh, at the bottom of the pile, they were trying to take it back, but it was already clear that it was our ball. So that's basically the end of it. Brian, I appreciate your time. I know this was a tough, uh, tough one today. We'll see you next week. Yep. See you next week. So that's Brian Burns, who had a very, very big day for Florida State. A lot of guys did. I thought Derwin James played very well again. Uh, you know, they moved Derwin around a little bit. They've been thin with safeties. Uh, and so maybe they didn't move them around quite as much as they wanted to, but they're playing the younger kids more, so they are still able to move them around. Matthew Thomas made a lot of tackles. Uh, there weren't big busts there. There were the couple pass interferences that I referred to, but uh, all in all, I mean, I know that the completion percentage was good for Kelly Bryant. 
he throws a lot of balls that are caught three yards beyond the line of scrimmage, and maybe it ends up being an eight or ten yard pass. Well, Bryant was twenty of thirty, but just for one hundred and fifty one point uh, fifty one yards rather, no touchdowns. Uh, he was sacked twice. You look at the defensive stacks on the quickie stats. Uh, this is subject to the coaches grading out the final, but uh, Thomas ended up with eleven. Uh, stops. Uh, Nazareth Nazare D had nine, as did Derwin James. I really was impressed with Derwin James's open field tackling. Uh, when he gets to the ball carrier, you know, after a two or three yard gain, uh, they don't get much more after that. He, he gets them down, and that be- became very noticeable in the second half. Let me ask you this question. This is digressing. Is he a linebacker at the next level or a safety? Uh, I, you know, I, I think, he, I, I don't know. I'll be honest with you. I don't know. He can put on some weight and probably not lose any speed, although he's he's good size now. But the way the NFL is going and the way they're walking safeties up and asking them to play the run, uh, he probably can stay at the safety position uh, and be a, quite a force uh, because he can cover a, a, a wide out one-on-one, a wide receiver one-on-one, a running back one-on-one. The only thing that he struggles with is the way the NFL is going with slot receivers now that are about 5'8 or 5'10. They're not real fast, but they're very, very quick, and they're very, very tough. And those guys are hard to cover for six or eight yards down the field. That might be the one area that he needs some work on. But I tell you what, I don't think Derwin has done anything during this year to diminish his value at the next level. Uh, And in fact, if anything else, particularly the open field tackling, has demonstrated he's ready to move to the next level. Yeah, and I think that's all a decision that we know is coming when this season plays out and finishes up whenever that is. Anything else on the defensive side of the ball, Keith? Again, I like the intensity. They didn't quit. There, there was a, you know, when you get down fourteen to nothing, and Clemson's got the ball in the next series, there, there was an opportunity to, to just lay down and fold. And candidly, uh, they kind of did a little bit of that against Boston College. But the last couple of ball games, Coach Kelly talked about. He mentioned to you in your interview with him that he liked the practices after the the Syracuse ball game. Uh, he liked the, the preparation and getting ready for Clemson. Uh, the kids understood the gravity and the stage that they were playing on. Uh, you've seen some of the younger kids get some playing time and candidly uh, perform quite well. Um, you know, Naughty and Christmas have continued to do well uh, in the interior. Wilson's getting some playing time. You saw Roderick Hoskins get back into the scheme of things. He'd missed some time prior. Um, I, I like the way the defense performed. I just wish those last two touchdowns would, would come off of the board because with all the heat that Coach Kelly has taken, you give up 31 points, and that's the one thing people focus on. Uh, if you leave uh, Death Valley uh, winning, excuse me, losing 17 to 14, I think we all are talking about the ball game much differently. No question. I will remind you that this program comes your way thanks in part to the fine folks at Kush's Bayou Rouge, located on Thomasville Road, uh, just past Cary Forest on the left-hand side. They are kin-friendly, and uh, they're open seven days a week, open five days a week for brunch. That's Wednesday through Sunday. Head on down to Kush's. Have a good time. they got all the games on today. I can assure you that if you have that in mind, and uh, we appreciate their support. We'll come back, put the wraps on this week's edition of Front Row Knowles Seminole Sunday right after this. Front Row Knowles. Seminole Sunday is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Now, back to Tom and Keith. So Florida State is 3-6, and six, and uh, there's no matter how you slice it, Keith, it just, uh, it's hard to, that doesn't roll off the tongue for Florida State. And uh, we'll turn the page here, got Delaware State coming up. But uh, first, we need to look back and uh, talk about 
the uh, the best performance of the game. Time now for our Prime Meridian Bank performance of the game, and we're going to give it to Ryan Rizzo on the, the double flea flicker pass back uh, to the quarterback, 60-yard touchdown reception for the big tight end. Showed some good wheels, uh, got open, and uh, was able to score. FSU grabbed some momentum, and uh, our hat's off to Ryan Enzo with our Prime Meridian Bank performance of the game. Are you shopping for a home mortgage? Try my bank for the best rate the first time. Prime Meridian Bank, Tallahassee, Crawford and on the web at TryMyBank.com. Prime Meridian Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender, NMLS number 393620. Ryan Izzo, 60 yards to the house, and that was, uh, like I said, it was about 60 seconds of panic-stricken looks on the faces of the Clemson fans, but their team ends up pulling it out. So Florida State now 3-6. and six. Obviously, it's pretty pretty uh, clear what Florida State has to do from here to make a bowl. they got to win all three games. Uh, you know, there is a scenario... Uh, where five and seven teams can make it, but they do it based on APR scores. And uh, quite frankly, Florida State, because of whatever the cycle was, it's gotten better, but whatever the cycle was, they'll be looking at. Florida State's not going to win any of those tiebreakers, and nobody wants to go to a bowl at five and seven anyway. So let's get a win against Delaware State. To be fair, Florida State has not had any non-conference gimme games to this point. They didn't get one early in the year. This is the first chance, you know, this is the tune-up game that James Blackman and FSU could have used about six weeks ago. Well, let's be fair also. You've lost to three teams that are in the top four in the playoff. Uh, this has been a very tough schedule. You went 21 days without a game. You had a game rescheduled. You had a game postponed and then rescheduled. Uh, you know, you got you lose your starting quarterback in the first ball game of the year, blah, blah, blah. Our listeners have heard that. Florida State fans are tired of it. Here's the focus, Tommy. you got 20 days left. You got three games. You got to win all three of them. Uh, two of them you're supposed to win. One of them is against your arch rival, which you really, really want to win. And in particular, they're in a down year. Uh, that's one thing the Gators and the Seminoles can commiserate about uh, in this 2017 season. But there's there's no clutter. It's a very simple process. You got 20 days to win three ball games if you want to keep that 35-year consecutive bowl game streak and that 41-year consecutive non-losing streak in place. And uh, that's a real simple message, and it's real simple to understand. Yes, it is. And they'll get a chance 12 noon on Saturday against Delaware State. To me, uh, the key will be, are they going to bring the focus, the intensity, and the effort that they've brought, frankly, the last two weeks? It was it was good against Syracuse. The energy was excellent. I mean, I, I against Clemson really throughout, but it was noticeable, too. William Floyd noticed in the radio booth, uh, former Noel Leon Washington, one of my all-time favorite Noles, who lives in the Charlotte area, was on the sideline yesterday, and I talked to him before the game, and uh, I didn't ask the question. He offered it. He said, I like the energy. I like the juice on the sideline before the game, and uh, that that's what they need. They need to play that way. Every I realize that was a big game at Clemson, so maybe you're a little bit more jacked up, but you need to have that energy and that focus no matter who you're playing. Well, there's no reason not to, and as we've talked about, uh, and our listeners are tired of me saying, it's it's from the shoulders up. It's completely controllable by the players. So you got a game you should win. You're going to kick off at noon or a little after at home, your next-to-last home game, particularly for your seniors, your next-to-last home game. Then you get your arch rival down at their place. That'll be a juiced-up environment. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter if you're winless or undefeated. Uh, it's a rivalry game. And then you get another game back at home, your last game at home, if you're a player that's leaving either for eligibility or the NFL. It's a 20-day focus to win three ball games. I don't, I, you know, certainly there's no clutter. 
There's no other distractions. There's nothing else to worry about. So you can be totally focused and get ready and prepared and, and go out and execute. That's completely controllable in the player's perspective. You know, I had a thought, and this is really a discussion for next week, Keith, but when's the last time that Florida and FSU both went into the game with losing records? Because that's going to happen this year. Oh, my goodness. I mean, it's at least 1976 or earlier since FSU's had a winning record every year since. That, that is correct. I mean, I, you, I guess you're going to have to go back to maybe the late 50s or early 60s. Uh, that's, that's a good question. I'll ask you to research that, and we'll talk about that Wednesday on Front Row Knowles. How about that? Or I'll ask Sports Info to, to research that, and uh, we can talk about that next week when we're getting ready uh, for the Florida game. I'm, uh, I'm not sure where else we go on this. The, uh, the official, you know, we, we talk about the referees a lot, Keith. And, and generally people hear some names and they get all bent out of shape. So Yeah, your Twitter was a little uh... We probably ought to be fair. Jeff Flanagan is not Florida State uh, fans' favorite official, and I, I don't think we have any complaints based on yesterday. I, I thought FSU actually came out with a couple of calls. One particular drive in the second half, there were about, what back-to-back or two out of three calls uh, with defensive uh, pass interference against Clemson. Uh, so I thought FSU uh, kind of measured out a little bit. And, and, and as I mentioned earlier, I called them the golf gods. Uh, that's how crazy I am. But the football gods were smiling a little bit. And, and FSU got a couple calls that kept them in the ball game. just wasn't enough to get over the top. Uh, you know, as we talked about coming back on the plane, I, I'm happy. I thought this was a great effort. I, I think I can discount those last two scores. I look at this as a 17-14 loss to the number four team in the country when you certainly could have very easily, just like you did in Boston, fold the tent and, and just mail it in. The kids didn't. The coaches didn't. Uh, they played their tails off. Uh, they came up short, but they, they comported themselves well, and I'm very proud of this ball club from the way they uh, gave effort in the uh, Clemson ball game. That sounds like you're taking a moral victory. No, I'm taking a victory in that we've got to build on that and play three games in 20 days and win all three of them to keep something that's, that's unbelievably important. See, Tom, these kids are 18 to 22 years old. They, they don't understand other than the words about the significance of this consecutive bowl streak and this consecutive non-lose. Us older guys, particularly me as being as old as I am, this is when it is important. This is when you look back and you don't want to be the squad that lost that. You don't want to be any part of having lost that. And if some way, somehow, in whatever little or big way that can get communicated to these 18 to 22-year-olds, that is a great motivation. I know Jimbo talks all about playing the next game and playing the next game and playing the next game. Well, Jimbo, I'm sorry. We've got 20 days to play three ball games. We've got to win all three of them. That's going to be the focus and needs to be the focus. And I'm sure that it will be. And meanwhile, for the first time since they joined the ACC, the Miami Hurricanes are headed to Charlotte for the ACC championship game against Clemson. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like, Keith, that you and I defended and we talked about this forever because there's been all this fear ever since we went to the college football playoff about the ACC getting shut out. And lo and behold, this might be here. The ACC, well, it, I mean, it's almost impossible for them to get shut out now. Uh, but they could even get two. Well, you, you, you're likely when Tuesday night, uh, when the CFP rankings come out, you'll have two of the four, at least uh, for this week. And, uh, you know, as we mentioned, uh, when Miami came into the conference, everybody thought it would be the rematch in Charlotte every year, much like Florida State in the 80s and 90s when uh, they battled uh, Miami for national championship prominence or get to the national championship game. Hasn't proven to be that way, but 
hats off to Miami. They'll get there this year, and uh, who knows? Maybe FSU uh, can rebound and, and get back in there and sometime play Miami and Charlotte for that ACC championship, but we'll just uh, we'll let Miami hand it this year. We'll take care of three ball games in 20 days and keep those streaks alive. Am I repeating myself too much? You are, but we're out of time, so there's no more time for you to repeat yourself until we get to Wednesday's show, which airs at 6 o'clock right here. Fair enough? Fair enough. He's Keith. I'm Tom. Thanks for tuning in, folks. We'll talk to you Wednesday night on Front Row Knowles.